going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a real special guest in the building. Listen, this is one of the founding members of the Indignation Collective. Listen, she has a brand new EP out called Be Somebody. Listen, you know who we have in the building today? We have Savannah in the building today. What's going on, my sister? I'm doing all right. Thank you for that very lovely intro. Yes, I'm glad you like it because I know you set the tone as soon as you actually start the interview. So you want to make sure that you start on the right note. You know what I mean? That's facts. Thank you for, um, you know, being so patient today. You only get what you want. You could only win with patience. And somebody like you, of all people, when we get into this interview, they'll totally understand what I mean by that also. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Good. All right. Okay. What part of Jamaica did you actually grow up in and what actually attracted you to music in the first place? I grew up in Westmoreland. So that's the west end of the island in a town called Savannah Lamar. Um, what attracted me to music in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. It was just something that was around. And I remember just being very comforted by it. And so I kind of just, I paid attention to that, not even consciously paying attention to it, but subconsciously I was, I was paying attention to music since I was, I don't even know, since I could hear, I guess. But I, honestly, one of my very first memories is a musical memory. I was by my father's house and Carrier Candle was playing. I don't know what year that came out in, but that should give you an idea of how old I was because I'm born in the 90s. Yeah. And um, I just remember feeling very warm, like very soothed by it but yeah yeah and then okay you liked it so when did you actually discover your voice then i think i discovered my voice when my mother said i had a good voice <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna give out a um, compliment like that you understand so if she says something nice then yeah we just kind of pay attention so i was around the table we we're singing it was sunday dinner or sunday breakfast I remember which one but i was singing yeah. along to the cylinder and i remember it and she was like, wow, Shari, you have a good voice, man. You know, and then I was like, okay. You know, and because and, I'd always been singing in the bathroom and she'd always be telling me to be quiet. So I never, I never thought that she thought I sounded good. So when she just said that, I was just like, okay, well, I guess I have a good voice. You know, I, I believed her. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. So then let me ask you this. What does SLR mean to you? SLR is honestly the beginning of this whole musical journey, right? Because when I, when I, a part of SLR was the S in SLR, it was a group of us, three girls, right? Um, yeah, my God, it was rough because I didn't really know how to sing sing. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know anything about harmony or honestly, even how to be a team player. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a loner. Right, um, just because I was just kind of weird and people never really understood me immediately. So I kind of ended up being on the fringes throughout high school and just growing up, you know? So being kind of in this group now all of a sudden where I didn't really know the girls, it was so hard, so difficult. But honestly, it was a training ground for who you're seeing in front of you here. And the facts that we can do interviews as decently as I, as I can right now, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so SLR was a group that was put together or you guys came together organically? You know, here's the thing. It was kind of a... All right, so I was going to Manning's at the time and 
I went, I, we had the same class, me and R in the group, right? Roshana, my, my, it was Shari, right? That's the name my family calls me actually. And um, yeah, it was a free period and we ended up start singing and then she found out something good sing, this is Roshana and say, hey, oh, you can sing, I mean, can sing. And we ended up kind of hanging out. And then we ended up till I say, oh, am I getting the rising stars? And she, and she said, yeah, man, you know, sir, we could have entered together. I'm gonna have this friend where she can't sing to. She, she lived beside me. I'm a neighbor, X, Y, Z, I'm a best friend. So I was like, all right, make, make we go, make it try, we'll go then, right? So I ended up going um, and applying together, but I didn't really know them like that, right? I kind of just knew of her through class, but even then she wasn't like my friend friend, you see what I say? So it was kind of like, it felt like we were thrown together, even though it happened through school and organically. It wasn't like digital rising stars put it together. We were together, but we did. I didn't really know them is what it was. Got you. So then, okay, you guys did SLR, you guys did the digital rising star. After that, where was the next musical move for you from there? Well, um, the next musical move was me kind of learning how to sing. So <laughs> I thought, no, for real. No, that um, Brett, Brett Cap, not Brett Cap, Brett Manning, one of them. He's a vocal trainer on YouTube and is, he has free lessons that is just episodes. I'm going to start, I'm going to start, I'm going to start seeing, I'm going to start, um, to, um, take studio time, right? i go, um, learn how to properly record songs, breath control. Um, yeah, just, just figure out the whole thing, putting up covers on my song cloud, writing songs. And then as you know, protege was having a live from Kingston performance, right? Cause I just like, I was actually at one time to publishing YouTube videos of just me singing covers. Right. Yeah. And so protege did I have live from Kingston Pegasus edition and Mrs. M did have an open call for people who could open the show for him. Right. So I'm gonna end up sending one cover from a SoundCloud and he messaged me on Twitter. Messaged me on Twitter and I was like, no, but it's not real. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but then we end up, um, I ended up meeting him and I was like, oh, this is real. And I explained to him what my musical vision is. And at the time thinking I had a musical vision, which you know you do. So let me not dismiss that. You do have your own musical vision at every stage of your life. But anyway, so I ended up talking to him and just, just the way how he was respectful is what I thought was valuable. So I said, because you want to make sure that when you enter into a relationship with people, just professionally, it needs to be one where respect is given, right? So, yeah. And that's what works. And when do you actually meet Protégé? Do you remember the year? 2013. 2013. Yeah. And that's when um, indignation was formed? No, he his band Indignation was a band that he'd been touring with for some time. In the collective is what is the is the label. And I think that was formed somewhere around 2016 or 2015, but properly 2016. I might be wrong though, don't quote me, but something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what were some of the first projects that you guys started to actually work on when you well, first got together? Shy. A bit too shy. Um, it was my first single ever, like that I released to the world. Not the first song I ever wrote, but the first single. And then uh, I was featured on the Ancient Feature album. He did his project, obviously Ancient Feature are part of it. I have several singles, um, Justice, Sometime Love, um, 
Chanted, uh, Nobody Man. Um, I feel like I'm missing one, but maybe I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm not. But anyway, Holland Pool too, right? But yeah, so those are the projects. And then obviously he released this, he released, I think, um, Royalty Free and his latest work, No Matter of Time, Leela's music, um, biggest fan, uh, where I'm coming from, her EP, mm. you know what I'm so, Yeah, so body of work, things. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff going on there. All right, because I know, as I said, you're one of the first, because I consider you almost like an only child of the label at that time there, because it was only you and him as artists, and then yeah. Leela came along, and then Jazz came along after. Yeah. How how was it when Leela came into camp now, where you and, it was you and Protégé for so long? Yeah. Alone, and then Leela came in. How was it and how did she fit in right away? No, she fit in right away. She assimilated really, really quickly. Um, very lovable spirit and energy. So it just never took any time at all. She fit in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's, it's, a, it's like a, I don't know how to, how to explain it other than family. You see what I'm saying? And in all the ways that a family is family. So the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Um, but yeah, that's really that's really what it is. The same issues that you might have with your brother, your sister, your mother, same issues that we have. Definitely, yeah. because I seen you guys really function as a unit when I watched the um you guys on BBC One Extra, the rock and groove. Yeah. That right there, it seemed like everybody just knew what to do. There was no no stopping, no starting on, no your turn. Everybody knew when to jump in and when to jump out wicked wicked performance no i love oh that's what that, yeah people love that one and i think i think people love it because it was such a natural thing you may say like organic and yeah it was just some vibes i was i was just, i was just it's just it's just fun we do that though as children growing up we just chipping and chip out with just different artists you understand mm -hmm. and perhaps that's like jamaican thing too where we kind of just have clashes for no reason out of nowhere so yeah um yeah it was just very organic nobody was pretending to be anything or other than just enjoy the music and yeah i, I every like every time somebody asks me and talks to me about it i i think about how special it was because we never really realized it special you know, until after me i watched for me i say wow this is really like you know, clean energy that's coming, coming, coming from us there. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see it because you guys gave them your original songs on the rhythm, but you guys also went back and gave the Dennis Browns and Gregory Isaacs and Barry Hammond. It's like, no, 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 wait, I got mine. I got mine. It was so yeah. amazing to see that. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I mean, no problem. And what I want to talk about too, is I've really seen you blossom from when you put out your first song, yeah. Too Shy, yeah. to right now. It's almost like if I could have an analogy, it would be going from Little House on the Prairie to Sasha Fierce. You know I mean? <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, the thing is, right, oh, this journey has been a long one. It's been a long one. It's been so many lessons, trauma, celebrations, victories. So honestly, what you're seeing is just me evolving through all of that, you know? And it's so like a very picturesque way of putting things, but yeah, it is an evolution. It truly is. Um, I just feel now more than ever that 
I have to represent myself honestly. You see what I'm saying? I'm not giving air to anybody telling me what I should try and how I should sound and what I should look like. Because it's not really business what people have to say at this point. But you know, it's not because you, within yourself, especially after going through heavy life events, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of just understand more about yourself and more of what you are and what you aren't. So because, uh, because I try to honor the parts of me that are actually me without overthinking it at the same time. It's a very, it's a balance, you know? It's a balance, but yeah, I've let go of a lot of fear, a lot of doubts, and yeah, I just feel very empowered to be who I am because... Right. because yeah, because nothing strikes to stop me. I'm still there, you know? I believe you 100%. Because when I really seen the switch turn on, for me personally, would be nobody's man. Yeah. That's when I seen it went from the little house on the prairie to now, okay, here comes Sasha Fierce. She didn't fully come out yet, you know, but here she comes. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> nobody mind because but no, no. I've been writing DJ for for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I never, I never shared it with anybody. I was just always singing. Like I thought I had to be the singer, right? Um, but then, yeah, I've just been writing DJs and not really airing it out. I remember one time I had written a DJ verse on a song that somebody asked me to feature on, but I ended up pulling away from the project because I was like, no, people aren't going to accept this. People aren't going to really understand what I try to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with nobody, man, I met JLL at a point. I was kind of just, as you said, beginning to really be all of who I am, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, turn on the beat. I mean, I said, if you want love, it's a quick, it was a quick song. Honestly, the hook and everything was done by the time I left the studio. Um, but yeah, I was kind of just writing from my feelings at the time because everybody feels like I try to take them man for a reason. I don't know, because I'm interested in a married man. I'm not interested in a, in a boyfriend. I don't mind style that. You understand? I need my own thing for govern, right? So yeah, so I was writing from the frustration of that because I ended up losing a very good friend of mine, right? Because his girlfriend was just like, yeah, I don't like, you know, she don't like me and all the rest of it, which is like, cool but um yeah so I, I wrote from that frustration and then it ended up being received really really well <laughs> yeah for sure so what came okay after nobody's man did mango come or what came after nobody's man after nobody's man holland pool holland yes that was yeah. on the um the rock and groove rhythm there yeah holland pool came next and then um and then the ep be somebody mm -hmm. yeah and the first single that was released was Mango. Mango. If you, okay. knew, if you only knew. Yeah. If you only knew. Yeah. So if you only knew started before the project came out, and then on the day of the project, we released Mango along with the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I like with that song there, if you only knew, it's like a old school 70s, 60s style, but yeah. with a modern feel to it. And yeah. even the visuals itself, I think you shot them in Senegal. Senegal and Jamaica, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Senegal. <laughs> okay. I thought it was I thought it was in Af actually Africa that you had no, it was. It was. Mm -hmm. It was in Africa. Senegal in Af okay, so eighty percent of the music video was shot in Senegal, Africa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And twenty percent of it was shot in Jamaica. Got you. 
Yeah. Because no, I thought you had said Senegal, Jamaica. I said, I've never heard of Senegal, Jamaica. No, 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 Senegal and Jamaica. Come on. Boss, I was just asking. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah. And how did you come up with that song there? That song, I was just writing for my feelings about kind of declaring how far I'd go for people, for somebody that I love, because I was in love at the time. Um, and I kind of, yeah, I was trying to reassure this man I was with that, I'll go as far as I can go for you. Um, so I said, that's, that, that's, the, that's the origins of that song. But then shooting the video in Senegal and recognizing the connection between Jamaica and Senegal, it, it evolved, right? The fact that the lyrics were how far I'll go for you and, you know, just imagining how far black people have been dispersed. It might sound like a reach to you, but for me, it was very impactful because I'd never been to Africa before at all, right? And yeah, just seeing how, yeah, different black people live, black people live without too much influence from the from the West, you know, um, it was incredibly impactful. Even though it was a, it was hard on my digestive system being there, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a powerful experience. So it kind of evolved the meaning of if you only knew. Definitely, and when we spoke about this song here, this big big song here, Mango. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that right there. How did that come around right there? Again, this is what this one now is if 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 you if you know any Jamaican, right? You know so we love mango. Most Jamaicans love mango, right? And I will tell you, East Indian are my favorite, Julie my favorite, John Bellyful, etc. My personal favorite is Julie, and it's the best one. And anybody who not like Julie as the first one is like they probably don't have as good taste good good taste as I do, which is fine, and that's okay. You know, not everybody will have the best taste. But anyway, so. Yeah, again, I was kind of just lightening the excitement that you feel for somebody when you're really starting to care deeply for them as loving mango. Because if I tell you I love you like mango, it's a different kind of love. Is it what I say? Yeah. Um, so that's what mango is about. And I wanted it to just be like a celebration and like a time of dance, just a moment of dance and just carefree and just enjoy yourself and just move. Is it what I say? So, yeah, um, that's what Mango is. And then the video, um, I kind of just wanted to fulfill my fashion dreams with that video, honestly. Because I have, I, had, I always have a Pinterest board running for the different looks that I like. And then when, um, when I couldn't get to do my original, original concept for Mango, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just have a lot of hair in the first scene then. Or I'm going to just... I'm gonna create this huge poofy dress and I'm gonna have all these interesting creative styles, kind of just celebrating black womanhood, but then also celebrating this, you know, love and vibes that I was feeling for this one person also. All right. And how did that, because now you've gone completely, as I, as I call it, quote unquote, Sasha Fierce. In this one, you went completely Sasha Fierce. How was that for you to actually Put out something like that where they're not usually used to seeing you in that type of way there honestly after nobody man and then them reacting to it and me realize and me knowing that that's part of who i am i was like okay there's no turning back i just i'm gonna just do me and that's that was on it that was my whole approach to this ep be somebody i was just being myself 
I was just being myself in every way. I wasn't trying to make one song be more dancehall or this song be more soul or jazz or reggae or X or Y or Z. I just did I write music and then however the, however the song turned out, I just tried to make it the best version of that song. You see what I say? Because to be Jamaican and to be an artist is to kind of just express and create without the, you know, without the lines, without the lines of, of, of boundaries. Can I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I noticed that couple, I think it was a couple of days ago, you had said something like that on Twitter, mm-hmm. where it's almost like, I don't know if it would be a complaint or it was a statement where they're trying to put you in a box as a reggae artist, but you try to explain that that's not what you are. So could you please try to explain to me what type of, okay, I got a good one for you. If you went to the Grammys, all right? Yeah. What category would they put you in? They'd probably put me in the reggae artist category Mm -hmm. because that's all they know how to categorize Jamaican music. I think the nuance is lost on a lot of, you know, especially foreigners as far as like how they view our music. But in actuality, Jamaica has created over 15 genres that they've lent to the world. You see what I'm saying? And for me saying that I want to be called Jamaican versus reggae is that I don't think that reggae sums up all of what my sound is. You see what I'm saying? So I just want to be a little bit more precise and nuanced about it, especially if I've gone through trying to explain that, hey, um, I have this kind of an influence and I have this kind of an influence and I have this kind of an influence. And you hear these influence very apparently in my music. I think it's a disservice to reggae to call something that is not reggae, reggae. You know what I'm saying? For sure there are reggae elements and you'll hear it, but for the places where it doesn't fit, I don't know that it's the right thing. I don't think that's honoring reggae. I think I can honor being a Jamaican artist and representing my identity through that and be very strong and stern in that. But yeah, the other, the other, just being kind of just like, no, reggae art, reggae, you see what I'm saying? Especially since I, it's not how I'm being received. You see what I'm saying? Like it fully, it's not fully how I've been received. Like if you ask somebody like what the sound is, they'll be like, oh no, but R&B, but, 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 you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, if I am saying I am this, I'm a Jamaican artist, and then you hear that the media kind of just keep saying reggae, 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 it makes me seem like I'm confused about what my sound is and who I am, which is something that I'm not right now, right? And something that I've been very careful to really express who I am. So I just want people to hear when I say what I'm saying versus like, no, 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 whatever. It's easy. Like, reggae. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I Yeah. It makes total sense. Okay. So, yeah, I like that part about you because I always wanted somebody to explain what their sound was, especially somebody like you, because you're right. You have the elements of reggae. You even play with it too when in not even the beat in the words that you use. You like to play with it like that, but then you like to go in other places too. So that explanation there is probably one of the best explanations. I think the genre that you're going into doesn't even have a name yet, and it's not even going to have a name until one day somebody makes up a name for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I feel personally. Yeah. Um, All we know is that it's something to be celebrated and it doesn't have to be one thing because people expect a certain thing in reggae. You see what I'm saying? And if me, that may I call myself reggae, and I understand that the genre is evolving and exploding in a way, but as it's understood, no, it's, it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? 
it wouldn't be categorically correct, I feel. But I, we'll, I could understand but we'll see. Yeah. I get that. All right, let's go to about two more songs on this crazy, crazy EP here. Be Somebody, all yeah. right? How did you come up with that one there? And the, and the visualizer, what I like with the visualizer, I think if you look at it, it's really a 10-second or 15-second loop that's on yeah. repeat for the entire song, but it just keeps you there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, um, yeah, I kind of just want for the visualizers that you see for Be Somebody, I wanted to kind of pluck a moment of building the EP and just have that moment be on repeat. I was... Yeah, I was hoping people wouldn't get annoyed or it would make them like, you know? Yeah. But um, I, I'm, I'm glad that you like it. But yeah, the name Be Somebody, it really came from me examining the song Be Somebody that's on the EP. Big up Charlie and Benji, they're the producers of the London. Um, and yeah, I wrote the song and then like months after that, no, I start realizing, oh, I'm going to write something named Be Somebody before. Like, so long ago when i was like 14 right which is a while ago like three years ago no. three, four years ago <laughs> no no um yeah no i i remember that i wrote some so i went on facebook long story short i went on facebook and i looked through my notes because i was like no i'm gonna publish something like this back then in that time and but you know, find the, the the piece of writing. It was a like a commission just write things and just post it from Facebook, right? So the thing was called the piece was called Be Somebody Now, right? And at the time I was talking about how I didn't I didn't have a lot. I was in poverty and my shoes are tear off and everybody thinks I'm gonna have nothing and everybody thinks I'm I am nothing, but I am somebody. It was me declaring that I am somebody, right? Um yeah, so when it when I kind of realized that, oh, wow, you wrote something that was called Be Somebody before, and here you are with the song, it felt like a full circle moment. And then that's when I was like, oh, that's the name of the EP. I have to name the EP that, because it felt incredibly faded. The, just the fact that I was able to create the music sounding like it sounded without any kind of like me trying to make it any, you know, make it more this or more that, or you see what I said? So, it felt faded and I was like, all right, well, I hear you. I'm gonna I'm gonna name the thing be somebody. I was kind of just being obedient at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Now, this is my favorite song yeah. on the on the EP. Yeah. We're talking about blessed. All right. <laughs> This is my song here, and I know the visuals just dropped about yeah. I think it was like about four days ago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that because let me tell you, in that one, there is where I really discovered your range. You went from here to right up here vocally, you know what I mean? So yeah. let's talk about how did that come around and what zone were you in when you even decided to put that together and show everybody that, listen, I really sing. Yeah, it, honestly, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to show people that I really sing, you know, I wanted to kind of just honor my relationship with God. Right, it's it's a four year long relationship now, um, and I just I don't know. I just I would just not be the person that I am sitting before you today, as fearless as I am, and and vulnerable and strong seeming. I don't know how people see me, but whatever whoever you think I am, who is inspiring or whatever, are because of Jesus, because of God, right? So I wanted to create a song that celebrated that, and I almost didn't even put it on the EP, you know. 
Yeah. No because, no, because the version that you hear, mm -hmm. Izzy had just given me the demo version of the beat, right? So I never even have the full beat yet. So I wrote the song and then I was like, I it feels honestly like a celebration. I'm a love gospel music from ever since we love gospel, even before I start really like try having a relationship. Because as you know, like your personal relationship with God, God is really what counts, right? Mm -hmm. So even before that, so I was just like, I was right, wrote the first word, why you believe me? Try to my best for a purpose, which is the truth. Like I've always tried to stay on the path of purpose, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that pull me left and right, but I always try to make my way back, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, at the end of the, by the end of it, after the course, I was just like, no, I just feel like many figures get out. You know them with it? You know, yeah, yeah, listen to Tamil and Man and them people and Yolanda Adams and I'm just like, get away. But I just feel like, I felt like that was a natural, like, projector of the song. So I was just like, let me, let me just, again, be obedient to where the song is taking me. And that's how I ended up with the, oh, oh God, it calls me, blood. you know, that wasn't the best version of it. But, um, yeah, I kind of just, uh, yeah, I wanted to kind of. Follow the path of the song. If that's I don't know how that sound, but yeah. I but I understand you. You have to understand music is almost music is a spiritual thing. Wherever this spirit leads you is where you have to go to get this perfect sounding thing, which is music. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I understand the visuals. How did you come up with the visuals? Because I know you were either the editor. No, you weren't the editor, you were the director. I was the creative that director, one. direct creative director, director an editor for it. Like I shared all the roles with, except shooting it, because I didn't shoot any. Actually, I did shoot a bit of it too, the walking, like the horse horse shot. Because I had a stand-in for me. I, like a little, little part. But I mean, big up to you, Arm Savion. He really shot like 99.9% .9 of the video. Yeah. Um, just as just an, like a talented, brilliant director, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we kind of just split all the roles. And all the looks that you see, like I styled myself, the makeup I did myself, like everything was kind of just a two man thing in like every way. Yeah. Every way. So the, what the meaning of the video now is really just telling my own spiritual journey, right? I didn't always have a connection with God and I thought that I was okay. I didn't realize how unprotected and how uncovered or, or, or how like lost I was until my whole life was interrupted by a traumatic event. I would get into it, but like, boy, it would have been a hell of a story right now for going on. One day though, I will share it because I, okay. it's a key part of my testimony. But anyway, so yeah. So a, a life event, a traumatic life event interrupted my whole thing what I had going on. And that kind of forced me to dig deeper than I've ever digged in my whole life, right? And in doing that, like I honestly felt the hand of God on me, right? Where it's kind of like I felt at the time very useless, hopeless, just in despair, like like at a, the middle of rock bottom, right? Rock bottom, okay? And to have, I will never forget having all of those things, like those feelings of uselessness and hopelessness, just like, pulled up out of me my uh, muscle and replaced with peace this may i say so 
Yeah, you never know. You never realize how lost you are until you come to that moment. And then after that moment, though, you find out more about yourself, how you're supposed to be acting in accordance with. Um, and honestly, a lot of the fear goes away. A lot of the doubt goes away. You find that you're less easily pulled from one end to the other because you're like, you're rooted. It's a message. So that's really what the video is describing. So I wanted to go into a wilderness kind of a scenery where you see me kind of living my everyday life, like everything is okay, as if I'm gonna live in a amygdala shack in an amygdala nowhere, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then that now becomes disturbed by me being watched, watched, right, in the video. So that's fear, that's the introduction of fear until it comes to a point where fear invades the home that I'm in, which is why when you see the part when we start running now, the person I come from behind the door. So it means that I'm fine when we live in other place now, right? Yeah. So that's when I end up running away from fear. And in my running away from fear and really realizing that, oh, wow, I'm really vulnerable, really uncovered. I need to kind of just like get out of this and find something with more meaning to connect to. That's how I end up discovering the horse, which is my idea of like God's hand. You see what I say? So God always puts a hand in to like rescue you. And in my case, I depicted that with the horse, oh, I know where the horse, and then I get to like escape and run away. And then you see me like really at peace in the end by the lake where, you know, I've found a lot about, a lot more about, found out a lot more about who I am. So yeah, that's what bless is. And um, I hope that it was, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I knew bits and pieces I could figure it out, but what one part I knew 100% what it mean was when the horse just appeared out of nowhere where you're running yeah. away. I said, okay, I understand 100% yeah. what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Because I understand, say, some people might not really fully understand, but if you even if you don't really fully understand, I still want to just come up, get, get across the idea that it's a divine moment. You see what I say? Or, or an evolution. You see what I say? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Listen, I got two more questions for you before I got you out of here, okay? Yeah. I know you're an avid reader, okay? What are you reading right now? What's on your list of... Oh, my God. Yeah. I've been trying to finish, um, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, I know why the cage bird sings by Maya Angelou for months now, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then I also started another book. I started another book. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's about the history of um prison 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 imprisonment of black people okay. as well um well none of them are right here for me to look at the names and i was reading also the james baldwin book but as i said like i've been in a moment of like picking up the book and then putting it down and then when the when when i'm on a flight or something or when this you know we get the vibes and pick it up again and read you know um yeah but three different books i guess at the moment. Very, very good. And you could see that they're very deep books too. They're not just lovey dovey fiction or whatever the case yeah, is, which is cool too, you know. I mean, I like fiction. I don't actually read any fiction at all. Mm -hmm. It's always non fiction, things to do with history or things to do with psychology. Makes yeah. sense. Last yeah. question I have for you here What's the best piece of advice Protege has ever given you? To just keep working honestly and it's not even something that he said it's just with the way that he has continued to work and reinvent himself that's been the greatest example of how you go about being an artist in jamaica or an artist anywhere yeah, yeah. so that that's honestly like 
something that he showed me by actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're right. If anybody hasn't tell you, I got to tell you right now, your do-rag game is freaking on point. You hear me? <laughs> I appreciate that. Definitely. I have one favorite to ask you for. Before I get you out of here, can yeah. I get a piece of blessed double sure. style? I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Yeah. This is Savannah representing from Muscle Up Entertainment Report podcast. Tune in every time. Big up. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Excellent, excellent, excellent energy. Excellent conversation. I can't wait for more and more stuff to come out of the camp right there. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, let me give you an outro and get you out of here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.